You're listening to sermons from Church on Bayshore in Niceville, Florida. Our mission is to do whatever it takes to see people believe in Jesus, belong to God's family, and become who God created them to be, impacting the world for Christ. To learn more about our church and to find additional resources, including ways to connect, serve, and give, visit churchonbayshore.org. Today, tonight, I don't know what it is right now, um, and uh, thank you, Scott, and it's good to sing with you. Justin had told me that he was having a hard time deciding, you know, at Christmas which songs to sing, and for a minute, I thought we were just going to sing them all uh, there, but uh, man, I sure do uh, love this time of year, and it's good to be with you. As a church, we've been in the book of Ephesians for most of this year, and we've been going through the last part of Ephesians, chapter 6, uh, during the month of December, which talks about spiritual warfare and uh, putting on the armor of God. And you might be thinking, well, what kind of Christmas series is a teaching series on spiritual warfare and armor? And to that, I would just say it's a Christmas series for those of us who think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. But really, while we think of baby Jesus sleeping in heavenly peace, and certainly uh, peace is the ultimate objective that Jesus had in coming to earth, his life is about a battle that is taking place a battle for the souls of men and women, a battle that involves you, your family, and others around you, whether you recognize it or are aware of it or not. The struggle is real. Now, uh, that phrase existed uh, before the internet, but in 2014, that phrase became uh, a popular uh, phrase that was used in memes to express how life or certain aspects of life can be different and difficult. And since uh, my love language is memes, I have decided to share a few of those with you uh, now that highlight the struggle being real. Here's one of them, which says, when you leave things for tomorrow and tomorrow arrives. Um, And I feel bad for that guy that is face is used in all these memes these days. Okay, the next one uh, needs no explanation. (laughs) They just put the weights down and got the Oreos and gave up. Anyway, uh, this one I feel like summarizes my life in many ways. Uh, When somebody asks you the next one, sorry, not that one, but that one a little bit too. But uh, hey man, how's life? Order number 138, 140, 141, and mine is 139. And then the last one I want to share is this one. Um, so put your phones down and stop checking the scores right now, okay? The Jaguars were losing 3-0 to zero last I heard. So I was tempted to check during the music, but I decided God didn't want me to do that. So anyway, um, while those are kind of funny, the reality is the struggle is indeed real. Some of you are working really hard uh, to provide for your family and then be present with your family and then get enough sleep so you can sustain the pace that you're at and you don't know how you can keep going. Some of you want to have better relationships, but you keep being around people, uh, I guess, that are the wrong people, or you keep finding out that you're the wrong kind of person. Some of you feel like something is just against you trying to get areas of your life or maybe your entire life where it needs to be. And some of you can remember telling God, you're going to be my priority. And here we are a year later or a few years later, and you haven't indeed prioritized them the way that you should. And it feels like something is against you getting to that place because the struggle is not always visible, but it is definitely felt. And the Bible speaks to this struggle, saying it's a spiritual battle. That's what Paul is writing about in Ephesians chapter 6. Let's look at verse 11 and 12. Look at what he says. 
He instructs believers, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly places. So there's a spiritual battle that is taking place here. And Paul says we need to put on the armor of God. And he actually goes into detail in Ephesians chapter 6 about what that armor of God. And he says you're in a battle not against the things that you see or the people that you see, but you're in a battle that is unseen. Now, you might be thinking, no, my battle can be seen, and it's my spouse who's sitting next to me right now, or it's my parents, or it's a family member, or neighbor, or whatever it may be. For some of you, it's everybody, like the person that drives slow in the left-hand lane. But if you live in Niceville, everybody drives slow, so you don't have to deal with that problem. But anyway, yes, there are struggles that we experience with people. Yes, Paul is not discounting that. You know, we know that there are wars going on in the world right now. But what Paul is saying here is he's saying there is a more significant battle than what is seen. It is a battle for the souls and men of women that is taking place. And the Bible really is revolved or built around this story, this battle. God creates, he designs, he has a design for us, and we fall, we sin, and we don't live for that design. But then God intervenes and he seeks to redeem his people. We see this throughout the New Testament and we see that most clearly in the person of Christ. And then the people who trust in God for redemption and restoration are waiting for God to finally come through in the rescue. And Christmas, the significance of Christmas is that God is present with us in this battle that God is here, that God does keep his promises, that God does deliver us. And that affects you and that affects your life. Now, all the gospels make reference to the birth of Christ. Mark, not very much detail. And Matthew and Luke, a lot of detail. But John and his gospel kind of gives us the big picture. And I want to read a few verses from John chapter one. Here's what John says about Christmas, about the birth of Christ. He says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When John uses that word, word, he is using a Greek word that means revelation. And he's referring to the revelation of God in Jesus. As you can see in the reference to the Word as a person in verse 2, says he was in the beginning with God. So what we have seen now has always been, has been with God and has been God. It's Jesus. And everything we see is because of Jesus. Verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So when Jesus came to the earth, that wasn't his actual birth. That was the beginning of him taking on flesh. But Jesus has existed since the beginning of time. It says in Colossians 1, Paul says, all things were created by him, through him, and for him. And if he is the one who created life, then life is found in him. That's precisely what John says in verse 4 here. He says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And in verse 5, he says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, there are three very important things here. In him was life, The life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness 
has not overcome it. Those are three things I want us to reflect on this Christmas Eve. First, John says, in him was life. If you're taking notes, life is found in Christ. Life is found in Christ. Life originated with Christ and life is in Christ. We are looking for life. Some of us think we can find life in a career that suits us. Maybe we think we can find life in a person who needs us. Or maybe we think we find life in interest that match us. Some of us here think we have found life, and some of us know we haven't. And whether you have found life in these things or you haven't, I hope that today you're awakened to the reality that life, true life, real life, is found in Christ. Because if we find our life in these things, the chances are we'll come to a place where one of these things that we think really is life disappoints us. Or what we see played out over and over again is people who find these things and they still have an emptiness when they've realized and, and acquired these things. And ultimately, the message of the Bible, the message of Christmas, the message from Christ is John 14, 6. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He wasn't just talking about how we could have a good 60 or 70 or 80 or 90 years. He was talking about how we could have a good eternity, how our soul could find its worth. And if we find our life in these things and we pretend that they're truly meaningful and truly fulfilling without Christ, then maybe we'll get to a place where we realize what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul. And if you're here today and you know you don't have these things and you're searching and you feel lost, looking for hope and joy and worth. I'll just plead with you that life, real life, is found in Christ. John also says, the life was the light of men. So in addition to life being found in Christ, his life is light for your life. His life is light for your life. I think that's hard to say 10 times fast. Now, the light imagery isn't fully... It, resonate. it doesn't fully resonate for us because we live in a day with electricity. And so we decorate our houses with lights. But in, them, they did not, in their day, they did not have electricity and it was dark and they depended on personal light to get around. They needed lamps. They needed lanterns. And that was how they saw. Now, seeing can be hard. I don't just say that because I turned 40 last year. I say that because knowing how to live can be difficult. And we are bombarded today with all kinds of ideas about how to live our life. But what has stood the test of time, what has transcended cultures, is the truth of God's word, is the truth that Christ is the light for men and women. The battle is getting you to think other things are light. Jesus would say to a group that he was addressing, how bad is the darkness if you think it's light? He's saying, imagine if what is really dark you actually think is light. How much has your perspective been lost? And I would just remind you that you can miss him while you try to build your life. Even the religious did that. John goes on to say in verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He says, you become God's. You belong to God. You become his child. Not by your nationality, not by your morality, not by your religion, but by recognizing your need for God. All you need for God in your life is need. All you need in this relationship for God to work in your life is to recognize your need for God. Now, you might be thinking, well, I just struggle with faith. I struggle with believing in something I cannot see. No, you don't. Everyone believes. Everyone has faith in things they cannot see. You and I haven't lived long enough, and we don't know enough to live a life without trust, to live a life without faith. So we get on an airplane not knowing the person who's flying. Or if you live around here, you actually might know the person who's flying. Um, and sometimes I reschedule the flight based upon that. Just kidding. That's not true. You sit in a chair not knowing who made that chair. You eat food that you order not knowing who prepared it or where it came from. Now, you have a little bit of, you know, knowledge about these things. So this isn't blind faith, but it is faith. You know, just enough to say, hey, I think this is reasonable for me to get on this plane or this is reasonable for me to sit in this chair or it's reasonable for me to eat this food. What I would suggest to you is you know enough to say, I need to trust God. You know that creation wasn't random, that someone is behind this. You know that there's a longing in your heart for something bigger. And you know you have need. And you know just enough to say, God, I trust you. I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to begin to live for you. And when you do that, that's when you really begin to have light in your life. C.S. Lewis said that I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. That's what being a Christian is like. The light begins to shine on the world and you begin to see things as you trust in him. That's what being a person who says, I trust in you, Jesus, ends up being. And so you begin to see why sin is a problem and why your character needs to change. It begins to shine light on your relationships. It begins to shine light on your circumstances. And the reality is sometimes things will be crashing in around you. And you will see that he is light in the darkness. In John chapter 6, Jesus is preaching, ministering, and people begin to say, hey, we don't want to be a part of what Jesus is saying and doing. And here's what it says in verse 66 of John chapter 6. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One 
of God. When everything's crashing down around us, when there's darkness around us, where else will we go? Because he is the light we need. And the last thing this says here is the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. We know that the world is not, not always full of sunshine. There's the darkness of greed and indulgence and addiction and apathy and pre prejudice and anger and violence and broken relationships, and shattered feelings and failed dreams and death. Sounds like a country song, but more and much more. And perhaps right now it feels like darkness is pressing in all around you. And the answer isn't getting rid of the darkness because you can't. But God will. God will. And the hope of Christmas is that the light shines in the darkness. That God keeps his promises. He kept his promises to the nation of Israel awaiting their Messiah King. And he will keep his promise to us. And we know this because God is with us. He has come. We're going to move to a point in our Christmas celebration where we take communion. I'm going to ask our deacons if they would come forward to prepare to distribute the elements of the Lord's Supper. We take communion because Jesus told us to. He told his church to remember him and his body given for us and his blood shed for us. And so the church has done this for thousands of years. And so we do this tonight because of him. If you're here tonight and you're not a believer, then I would just ask that you would pass the plate to the person next to you. You won't be the only one. And I would ask in this moment of us taking communion, if you would really reflect on your need on what life is and whether or not you really have it. And maybe in this moment, you would be honest with God and say, I know I need you. Help me to see. Help me to see what it means to live. For believers in here tonight, we take communion and we remember God has come and taken on flesh so that we, could be reconciled to God. His blood has been poured out for us so that we who were sinners would become righteous, have a right relationship with God. So when the elements are passed, if you would hold on to them and we will take them together uh, in just a few moments. But I ask that you take this time as they're distributed to reflect on who Christ is and the real meaning of Christmas. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray that we would be honest about our need for you right now. And God, we would reflect on what Christmas is really about, that the word has become flesh and dwelt among us, and that we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The, the bread and the cup remind us of your grace and your truth. So help us to exalt you now and that truth to deepen in our hearts in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.